All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. BG's out of jail. Uh, finally did a bit. I forgot he did a lot just to cash money. He's out. Um, so anyway, I, think I just heard that entry. Same thing on Kevin. I was like, hey, I just heard BG's out of jail. Did a long time. Anyway, um, all right. Pretty sure a lot of people are thinking, oh, who the hell's BG? You know. Um, all right, keeping it moving. We'll we'll circle back to the NFL, uh, but let's talk to college because I've got questions. I've got. Uh, you know, Josh Medina, uh, hook them, damn horn, see what happens when we have our quarterback savings worth home loss ever. Um, worst home loss, um, I don't know about that. Um, this is what I'll say about that particular game. Let me look at the uh, teletape because I've got my notes here. Um, Texas goes down to, uh, excuse me, Alabama goes down to Texas, 34 to 24. Uh, Quinn Ewers, 24 to 38, 349 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, that kind of looks more of like the Quinn Ewers that I've seen early on in that Alabama game last year. I told you for this past week, he hadn't looked good since the, since the bowl game, since that injury. That evidently had that game marked. They all did on their calendar. Great game for him. Uh, Sanders, the wide receiver, five receivers. 114 yards um also you had uh what else on the other side of things look there's really this game i can call i can read off these stats and everything like that but the reality of the game i told you friday when we when we talked about this game breaking this game down i said this game is going to be decided in the trenches and that's exactly where it was decided. It was decided in the trenches where Texas dominated on the offensive side of the line and the D-line of Alabama. Now, to me, and in the grand scheme of things, when I get asked a question earlier about what do you think, I think it was on Twitter, what do you think that this does? What does Alabama's season look like? Who was that that was tweet? You don't have that anymore? Okay. Well, let me just go ahead and answer it in general. What you got? Yeah, uh, South210 said, uh, uh-huh. where does Roll Tide stand in the college football pecking order after that loss? Always grinding. The, the the real question is, where does Alabama and Nick stand in the climate of not pecking order, but the climate of the NIL and transfer portals? Look, man, I've been telling y'all for weeks in the last year, at least the last year or two, the days of Alabama being three to four, five, like three Four to five star players deep at every position. Those days are over. They're over. And it has to do with the transfer portal and NIL. Like I compared it to somebody at a Texas fan, you know, text me uh, over the weekend um, and basically sit there and say, because he just hates the SEC. You know, uh, he just hates the SEC, man. I mean, he like he, he sent a he sent a group. He sent a group. to It was just me. Um, and Rudy, he sent a text to Rudy Cousin. I was like, yo, dude, like, well, Alabama is done. It, they, you know, or as he's an SEC hater, I said, look, let me tell you something. I've been saying for the last couple years, them being players deep is over. And also, I compared to, like, you know, after Augusta in 97 – when Tiger came and tr- crushed the bills, what they do? They added some trees. They added longer fairways because it's like this guy won by 14, 15 strokes. The NIL 
was adopted to get the NCAA out of courts from being sued for likeness and all this. You're making this money, but the kids can't make anything off of it. And at the same time, what it did is it closed the competition gap for the recruiting warfare that Alabama had created. Now, another part of that is to give credit and just be transparent. The other part of that is because I feel like they're missing a guy in two fronts. They're missing a guy because he's in Athens, Georgia. And Kirby Smart, from the recruiting aspect, because he was a big part of, uh, you know, Nick Saban's recruiting. Not saying Nick can't recruit no more, but Kirby is a big part of that. He's got high school. He's been yeah. gone for a no, few no. years. No, yeah, now. yeah. I don't, I don't know how you can. No, still let me tell like you. Let me know. You know how? Because you can go look for. Let's start with the main position. Let's and we're not even talking about this because I think Kirby's the guy in the D line or whatever. The reason why I can sit there is go look at the players, and I'm not saying Alabama doesn't get good players, but go look at uh, Kirby's trying to do a three P. There, there's that doesn't happen. There's a reason why that hasn't happened before, but there's a reason why he does that. Kirby's connections of his high school connections is almost similar or on a bigger scale than either Jeff Trailers down here in the state of Texas with high school coaches. Trust me, he he. It's it's a recruiting situation. It's a little bit different. And to be honest with you, they're missing him defensively as a defensive coordinator as well. Also, I mean, go look at. I mean, when you when they put that stat up about Nick twenty eight and three or two against former coaches. Go look at how many of those wins have come in the last two years against former coaches. From Jimbo Fisher to um, basically now, um, you know, my man um, Sarkeesian mixed in there too is the guy from Tennessee. You know, what I'm telling you is that that is a reality in regards to when you ask people, where do I, not you, but the true one, what do you see Alabama and the guarantee of things? And also, it brings to what I told y'all last year. Their quarterback, Alabama's quarterback. Um, look, I said it last week. I said, I don't know what Alabama has. I'm unsure what their quarterback situation. We found out why Nick Saban didn't want it was took so long in naming a starting quarterback and saying that nobody's really taking this position by the horn. It also brings back to what I told y'all about a year ago. If you take Bryce Young off of last year's Alabama team, that team is a four-loss team. And we might get the results of that this year. Now, I think personally, Texas talent, you know, what Sarkeesian's done, which I didn't agree with him kind of getting the job, but what Sarkeesian's proven so far, he when you go look at Charlie Strong, you go look at the uh, tenure with uh, their their last coach, okay? The difference what Sarkeesian's been able to do is he's been able to get those SEC type of defensive linemen and offensive linemen. He's built it up in the trenches, and they are very talented on the back end, and they're talented at the skill position um, on offense. And they've got a quarterback that's won three to four state titles in the state of Texas, and that's, that is holding off Archie Manning from playing. And that's what you see. Uh, Saturday night was about a bros and Joe situation. I mean, out in Texas at, we, in 2023, not history class. In 2023, they are a more talented roster from top to bottom than Alabama. That's the reality. So when you ask me or when I get asked the question, where do you see Alabama in the landscape of things? 
I see them basically having a lot of the SEC basically ahead of them, speaking of the schedule. But the one thing I'm going to pay attention to, because y'all know I've preached the SEC on airways for the last 15, 17 years. But the one thing I'm looking to pay attention to is that when we get to that point, because we're just now getting into conference play here coming up this week. But the reality is I want to see does the playoff committee, when we get to that point, and it usually comes after Halloween and November around that time, the path that we're on right now, does that committee treat the SEC like they've treated everybody else in the Pac-12 and the Big 12 when we talk about strength of schedule? The SEC is getting their ass kicked right now. They're getting their ass kicked through the first two weeks of non-conference. I think Mississippi State won, and that is about almost it. Texas A&M got the buildings crushed on them in Miami. Jimbo, the only reason to save Jimbo was that big-ass buyout. Crystal Ball in the second year might beat Jimbo. Auburn was able to escape with a victory. There you go. I gave you another SEC win. If you go to look at the SEC last weekend and this weekend against non-conference opponents, they're getting their ass kicked. So my thing is, when you look at Alabama, they might if they go on to win some games or go on to winning streak, you know, I don't know when's the last time Knicks lost two games in a row, but if they go on a winning streak, how much credit are they going to get? In their schedule. LSU's already got exposed week one. Okay? So, look. Alabama will be bowl eligible. Do I think right now, I mean, when you look at Nick Saban and you look at all the coordinators and all the coaching staff, yes, he can coach up. Now, the crazy thing to me, the one unit that he is overseeing, that he's overseen for years, and the secondary and the DBs, it's been a problem now for the last couple of years. I mean, Patrick Sertain is really the only guy that comes out of my mind at the top of my head that has come out of that school in the last three or four years that is an all-pro corner in the National Football League. He has struggled in developing corners in the last few years. What is that? NIL, transfer portal. So this might be the year because to me, me personally, I think, and, and you got to look at Nick Saban. Like when you were considered a GOAT, and you look at Bill Belichick, perfect. They come at the same tree. They were with that 86, that 80 Cleveland, that, that whole squad back there that was on to something special. They were all sharing that hotel and apartment base. You know, go, go research. Good minds there. Scott Poley, they're all together. You know the thing that's ironic to me between him and Bill Belichick? What did we see last year? We saw Bill Belichick say, for whatever reason, I don't need to name no offense coordinator. I don't need one. I'll just take this de defensive, you know, guy here and Patricia. He'll do it. And when you look at Nick Saban, when I look at this 2023 Alabama team and I look at this quarterback and I look at the way they tried to play Texas, Nick Saban, and I said this Friday, but Nick Saban is trying to take it back. Sometimes you feel like, man, everybody's going through this spread. Everybody's gone that. We went from Jalen Hurst to Bryce Young to Tua. You know what? I'm going to try to break it back down if we can just play good defense and just maul people in the trenches and we can just run the ball to victory. Them days are over. Can't do that. Now, maybe it's his right. He's earned his right to put a product out there to see if he could do it. No, you got to have that guy also under center in college football. You got to have a quarterback that can make throws and make. And he made a couple throws here and there, but he's very talented on his, his feet. But you're not going to go through the SEC and you're not going to be a playoff team and contender or win a national title if you don't have that guy at quarterback that can make plays from the pocket. 
So you got to tip your hat off to Sarkeesian and you got to tip your hat off to Texas. I think it is a good win for Texas due to the fact of where they're going next year. You know, because the big the big talk from me and everybody else, because we got AM that jumped in the pool first, is can you come out of the Big 12 and can you go compete in the SEC? Well, he showed he can recruit SEC type of players. And going in Tuscaloosa, who had, I don't know, a 50, 60, some game winning. The last time they lost to a non-conference opponent in Tuscaloosa at Denny Stadium was the year before Nick Saban showed up on the Shula. Think about that. Think about that dominance. Eventually, things are going to change. We've seen a lot of streaks with Alabama go. Am I going to put dirt on them and say they're done? No, man, that's one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen. But I do believe... Due to the fact that the the way the quarterback competition was handled in Alabama, I do believe that there could be a situation to where you've got to make a switch at quarterback to be competitive in the SEC to even get him a chance to win the West. That's what I see. I, this guy is not on the same class. He can be better. He can improve. But he's not on the same class of the young man that just went on one overall. He's not on the same class of the man that's basically with the defending NFC champions in Philadelphia that won an MVP. He's not with the guy on the level that we saw that threw for almost 500 yards in L.A. yesterday in the NFL. He's not that guy. And what the results of it could show, you could be looking at maybe a three to four loss Alabama team. That's what I think for whoever answered that question or who asked that question. What do you got? To Medina's point, um, over at USA Today, Corey Woodruff, uh, his reporting covers the fact that, yes, it's the first double-digit home loss for Alabama since October 2nd, 2004. So we're talking about 19 years ago. It's also the very first double-digit home loss in the Nick Saban era. Uh, The first home loss of Saban's tenure since 2007. Well, I mean, you lose 40 to 0 or you lose 17 to 16 or you lose 33 to uh or excuse me, 34 to 24, it's a loss. When you say double digits now, if it's a situation where Texas just came in there and just dominated them 40 to 50 to 0 or something, then we could talk about that. To sit there and say a 10-point victory, the only they, they dominated in the trenches. I mean, that's just really what it is. So if you want to say that's a dominating, but to me, streaks are all meant to be broken. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, that, I mean, I understand, and I've always said this, Alabama, I mean, Texas had the revenge factor in them. They thought, their fan base thought if McEwers doesn't get hurt, they win the game. They had all, they had six months to think about that. You think Sarkeesian was game planning for Rice or whoever they played in week one? Do you think he was game planning for the last five months to go down to Tuscaloosa and win this game? We talk about what 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 do we talk about when we have Bill Belichick has two weeks in a bye of a Super Bowl week to prepare for a team or Andy Reid coming off a bye week. If you if you are a good coach and you're coaching at the University of Texas and you have talent that is on par if not superior, if you got five months to concentrate or hone on a team, and not alone that you just came from that organization or that program, that, that's what that's about. That's what that's about. What do you got? A bit more further here as we wrap up this game. Quinn Ewers with the win jumps up to the second, uh, tied for second now in the betting odds for the Heisman. 
Uh, but Caleb Williams still plus 400. Quint Ewers jumps up to plus 900. Puts him up there with uh, Michael Penix Jr. at Washington and Jordan Travis at Florida State, all at plus 900. Uh, in the polls, the AP Top 25 is where we stand at this point. Texas sitting at number four while Alabama falls down to number 10. Um, other teams ranked in the SEC who did have wins this weekend. Ole Miss improves to 2-0. They're number 17. So I know this was a point of yours as to where the SEC yeah, is doing. The- um, LSU did get their win, uh, 72-10 over Grambling State. Uh, exactly. To stay at 14. Uh, Tennessee, even though they beat Austin P, uh, they stay, they dropped yeah. down to 11. I, so. I'm talking about the way the SEC has looked at against Power 5 Conference the last couple weeks. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. And I'm gonna it's gonna be very interesting. I'm an SEC guy, but it's gonna be very interesting as the committee treat the SEC schedule. And they treat teams in the SEC, do they treat them the same way they've done uh Pac 12, Big 12, and the ACC? That's that's where I look at the landscape. Because again, the transfer portal has changed college forever in all many ways, more than just kids getting money and be able to go where they want to go. Now, I will tell you when you talk about the odds, and when you talk about this thing with McEwers. There ain't a quarterback in college right now that is playing on the level of Shadur Sanders and Deion Son. It's not. If you go look at his completion percentage and you go look at basically what was up against him and you look at the naked eye test, I've got, I'm going to see – I'm going to start paying attention a little bit more. I've seen USC, and all I know is their defense is a little bit suspect. We know the Colorado Buffaloes have this game coming on with Colorado State. By the way, game day and Fox is going to be there in Boulder. All right. I want to talk a little bit more about that when we get back. We'll circle back around to the NFL and definitely want to talk about this Monday night football matchup before we put a bow on week one between the New York Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills. You'll listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind Like you owe us for all the years that you hold us. We can talk, but money talk, so talk more. H to the Izzo, B to the Izzo. For shizzle, my nizzle used to dribble down in VA. H to the Izzo, B to the Izzo. That's the 
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin of the One and Twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. All right, keep in mind, Zing Zang, we know we just came through a summer blazing hot, but it's still blazing that because that's the reason why Zing Zang has the new bloody, bloody blazing Mary mix. I can't even say that fast. Blazing Bloody Mary Blazing Bloody Mary. Mary mix. All right. Make sure you check that out. And also, don't forget, they also have pre made alcoholic drinks that come in all different flavors as well, too. That's Zing Zang, but make sure you never forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang official sponsor the sports crime. And you just reminded me that you're playing this because of 22 years of the blueprint, which I remember that that did drop on the day of 9 11, which affected a lot. Back then, that's when album sales really mattered, like units you sold. And it affected a lot of few people that because there was a couple other albums that dropped on the same day too but that was one that's kind of historic knowing it. it didn't really affect jay's numbers too much so yeah but uh 22 years crazy it's been 22 years already to be honest with you um but anyway um keep it to the college so that's my thought with alabama so the jury's out. i don't know what this alabama team is going to end up looking at. i don't know how many losses i know last year the way the team looked i gave him credit to bryce young that's why he had to go number one overall because they they're a four loss team last year if he's not there um, and I'm, the only thing I'll assess from them right now is there's a continued concern. It's been like that for three, four years. It's continued concern with them in the secondary. And it is a major concern at the quarterback position. It really is. And I believe that uh, in order to them to stay competitive and win the West, uh, have a shot to win the West, they're going to might have to make a quarterback change. This young man's going to have to improve substantially. So that's my opinion on that. Uh, keeping it moving before we go back uh, to the uh, NFL, uh, Colorado. All right, I kind of said it during the break because, in my opinion, I don't know what the odds are really. I know they're updating odds on Heisman, and I know what the pre-flop kind of was. It was long shot, but it kind of brings me to the Colorado Buffaloes uh, that pretty much was victorious over Nebraska, 36-14. to Shadur Sanders, I don't believe anybody's playing uh, better than him. You might be in the conversation. I think if you look at Caleb Williams, which was the preseason favorite and most likely the first quarterback taken in this upcoming draft, um, you can put him in the category. But I think outside of that, uh, Sanders, it, what he's doing is amazing. I mean, he's 31 for 42 for 393 yards and two touchdowns. Xavier Weaver, 10 receptions, 170 yards and touchdown. And Dylan Edwards, nine carries for 55 yards. Uh, they beat Nebraska. I know before the game, uh, there was Nebraska players that were stepping on the, 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 the logo in the middle. That got them riled up. I know um, – you know, pretty much Matt Rule had some comments about Dion that, you know, uh, Shadur basically took exception to. The reason why, you know, that play that he had was kind of almost, I mean, if that was a completion and it was legit play, that's one of them Heisman moments you do talk about. Um, but, again, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm all the way, I'm all about the process and I'm all about taking things speeding. I don't judge contracts too early and the way process goes, whether it's a team of interest or whatever. Right now, Dion he could lose the rest of the games and he's won already in year one. They're one they're one win already they've already surpassed their win total from last year. And I can't stress this enough. This is not a team that averaged 26 points last year a game. This is a team that averaged losses by 26 to 27. I think that Coach Prime 
the best thing that he's done besides the attention and everything he's bringing to Boulder, Colorado, is really the job he's done assembling this coaching staff. I mean, that's really where I think, besides the transfer port, is really where this is it. Because you got to get coaches to be able to go recruit these dudes and want them to play with Sanders in the transfer portal, and then you got to be able to coach them up. I think the depth situation in the trenches is still a issue. I think that's not going to be fixed till next year, and I think it's going to show once they get other competition. But make no mistake about it, you go beat Colorado State, and then I think the game after that or the next week after that is coming USC's pretty soon. I mean, there's going to be some competition that's going to come here once Pac-12 that they have. Because Pac-12, hell, the, the, the conference is dissolved, but they kicking ass through the first two weeks. Okay? Uh, Texas Tech, they let one get away with Oregon. They let one get away uh, this past weekend with Oregon. So, at the Oregon's winning games. Uh, the Pac-12 is being pretty impressive considering the laughing stock when we watch their conference just dwindle down to nothing. But to me, Colorado, 36-14 to 14 over Nebraska. Uh, the game was close early on. Uh, the one thing I told y'all, which kind of, you know, bowed true, but it comes down to your depth and how long you can sustain that. Matt Rule can coach defense. The problem with Matt Rule, he ain't got a quarterback. We have a quarterback. Quarterback's no good. It's the, and ironically, it's the same thing, the reason why he's not coaching the Carolina Panthers anymore. Couldn't get a quarterback. Didn't have a quarterback at the time. Now, going forward, um, it is going to be interesting. Because when you look at – and keep in mind, this is the same team, granted with no quarterback. I mean, look how many points they gave up against TCU. I mean, so in a short amount of time, I mean, even though you're playing a challenge offense in Nebraska, I saw improvements in coaching made on the defensive side. But I think when the competition raises a little bit, I think that's when you'll start seeing a little bit of the depth I talk about in the trenches and the D-line. That's just the way I see it. Uh, but to, as far as I'm concerned, he's already won. He's already won. I, there's, I don't see anything, any scenario, unless there's injuries to uh, Shadur Sanders uh, they're running back. There's nothing I don't see that's not going to make this team bowl eligible this season. And if you would have asked anybody pre-flop, pre-TCU, a lot of people would have questioned not even knowing if this team was going to even be bowl eligible. So he won. He's won already. Now, long term, I'm not saying he's won already long term. I'm talking about 2023 because another thing that a lot of people are not factoring is when they come talking about the Colorado Buffaloes is whatever he did in the transfer portal and however he assembled his team, what this has done, and not only the exposure, you know, Jonas and I was kind of talking during the break, but the exposure he's getting with game day showing up and Fox 2 or 3, do you understand the level and the amount of kids that are want to go come play for him now going forward? That's why I said he's a threat to Kirby. He's a threat to Nick. He's a threat to Sarkeesian. He's a threat to Jimbo. Everybody. Because he is a polarizing figure and he's a folklore that has lived up into these kids' mind by stories that their daddy told them. Coaches that have coached like, hey, man, you know, prom, he's a bad dude. They've heard all of that. Some of you kids ain't even old enough to see him play or to have seen him play. If his coaching staff and him was able to get a total of 70-plus players to transfer, 
not knowing what anything's going to look like, but to transfer. Can you imagine what his, you know, can you imagine what his recruitment, what his trail is going to have to be coming in, even going to get this class in 2023, come next February? That's why he said in week one, like, I'm about to get comfortable. So it's amazing, but I'll tell you this, and I'll start looking at this. I believe right now, see, Caleb Williams' dad can come out and talk all he wants to. He can sit there and say, oh, well, you know, hey, it's no guarantee my son's coming out at one, you know, the situation, da, 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 da. There ain't enough NIL money that can, you, and that's USC, that they can put together for Caleb Williams, I don't care if it's Arizona, I don't care who it is, to get the number one pick for you to sit there and say, I'm going to basically go back to college. It's not happening. Shadur Sanders, on the other hand, this is what I believe. I believe because this is bigger than really both of them, Shadur and Coach Prime. And we already know uh, Primetime made a lot of money in his career. Shadur Sanders doesn't have a whole family waiting on his back like, man, you about to get us out of the hood, man. Yo, this is life changing, this and this. I believe I could be wrong. He could go on and be a finalist in New York. He could be whatever. I think Shadur Sanders coming back for his junior year regardless. Because it's his, it's his dad's coach. His dad's building something. And I don't believe that the financial decision is not going to be a – financially is not going to play a factor in that decision. No one's talking about it yet, but it crossed my mind this week. I'm like, you know what? He can go on because I think he's one of the best quarterbacks playing right now. We'll see what it looks like. And again, you have the resources of Coach Prime. Tom Brady is in your text, in your contacts. He's been coaching you private lessons. It should look like this to a certain extent. If, you, if you're a kid that got the want how. If you want to make a name for your own self and not be like, oh, that's Deion Sanders' son. That's the stuff that Shadur is showing me through two weeks he's on. What do you got? Uh, it is becoming a conversation. Uh, trending today, uh, Mel Kuyper has moved Colorado's Shadur Sanders to number three in his quarterback rankings for the 2024 NFL Draft. Uh, he says that he would be guaranteed number one in 2025 if he decided to stay to what would be his senior year, because this, this is his third year in college. He played two years at Jackson State. Um, he said, if we stay in Colorado, we'll be talking about him next summer, like we're talking about Caleb Williams right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got a decision to make. So the the conversation so has is has started now. Okay. Well, great minds think alike. I just don't write for a syndicated publication. But I'm here five days a week. Look, I could be wrong. I will tell you right now. I'll, you know, this is premature to have this season, this talk because we're not even in Pac-12 play, and you do have an Oregon waiting on you. You got, uh, you know, a USC in a few weeks. This is you're gonna get upscale in talent. I don't know what we judge with Colorado State. I ain't looked at Colorado State at all, but I mean, hell, they should be favored in that game. Um, I could be wrong, and we might be having this conversation premature, but I believe regardless how this turns out, unless they go win the national title this year, and I don't think that's happening, but stranger things have happened, but I don't think that's happening, I think he's coming back because he doesn't have to take those same factors in consideration that even a Caleb Williams has. He grew up in money. Prime's got money, and I think he knows this is a bigger cause and what that recruiting class is going to look like next year, and not only that, he will be clear-cut number one. I mean, hell, the Colorado, for all we know, he goes back another year, 2025, come out, 
Might have to move. It might not have to move anywhere to play professional football. Might be looking at the next quarterback at Power Field or my high. Wouldn't that be something? So, I just feel in my gut, if I had to call it right now, I think regard, unless they would win the national title, I think he's coming back. Because his stock's going to go up more. Let Caleb go. You get your head. That's where I think. Because I'm smelling perfection from this kid. Like, this kid wants to try to perfect things. I mean, his completion percentage is off the chart. But, again, you come up in Coach Prime and you got access to guys like Tom Brady and you got the want how, this shouldn't be that shocking. What do you got? Uh, yeah, as you look at the schedule moving forward, it, it, they're minus 23 and a half uh, favorites wow. uh, this weekend at Colorado State. But as you get into conference play, and mm-hmm. right now where we stand, the success of the Pac-12, I think I saw earlier this weekend mm-hmm. uh, that the Pac-12 was undefe- has been undefeated this season. You, you saw, right? So five schools right now um, that are ranked uh, in the top 25 are on Colorado's remaining schedule. And you do have, you know, after Colorado State, it is Oregon, then it's USC, I think Arizona State after that. So it's just going to be test after test moving forward. I still stick to what I said. I, I, I still got this team. It's probably going to be a six-win team, five or six-win team, just because of the depth. And, I mean, the skill positions are there. But if something happens to them, what, what, what's going What something happens to Travis Hunter, who's backing him up? If something happens to Shadur Sanders, do we even know who the backup is? I mean, I think he got in maybe toward the end of this game. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I still got them at a 5-6 routine. Because I said, if he can combine the win total of the last two years put together in Boulder, Colorado, he didn't want. Not all, but he didn't want short term. Another topic that I want to get in college, but we're going to move real quick, uh, get some NFL things out before we wrap up because we're coming down to five minutes, is this this Mel Tucker thing, this situation in Michigan State, I'm definitely going to talk about that tomorrow. I want to kind of get more of the facts on my side. I've got my nose and my eyebrows turned up a little bit on this, but I want to get a little bit more facts. So we'll kind of, we know that's a story in college football that's brewing. Uh, we'll definitely kind of get in that. Before we leave, UTSA Roadrunners, they bounce back. Frank Harris, 26-37, 214 yards touchdowns uh they beat uh texas state we know texas state came off of that win last week against baylor baylor's another one that blew an opportunity this weekend they competed thought they were gonna get the upset with utah fell short texas tech red raiders look man at the end of the day i think with tech you can't have your quarterback which i think led them in rushing that's that's one thing but they almost had an opportunity and those are really two heartbreak losses for the red raiders up in lubbock uh you know for the last couple weeks but we'll see how they play out because again and our uh, Brent McMurphy, Action Zone, Action Network's Brent McMurphy, picked them to win the Big 12. And what I'm seeing from Texas, and what I'm even saying, I don't see it. Uh, but, you know, but we'll see how it plays because we're about to get in those those talks as well, too. Uh, we'll get to some other college games that I didn't get to tomorrow and some other notes. Uh, real quick, back to NFL, a couple other things that I wanted to touch on. Uh, you know, I talked about the Cleveland thing. Miami, I mean, you know, the Chargers, this is a, something where Tyreek Hill, I mean, 2000 is very realistic. I think he has it last year if he doesn't get hurt. I think the key is, it sounds cliche, but it's true. A lot of people didn't believe in Miami because it was just to his health. If he's healthy, who's stopping them defensively? I mean, they can stop themselves. You, I mean, there's going to be some games where Tua has some off games, but the way McDaniels is basically calling and draw people open, it's just crazy. I mean, Tyreek Hill, that was, I mean, that was a barn burner yesterday, but they got the victory. They're 1-0. Um 
Again, Baker Mayfield goes into Minnesota and gets a victory. Uh, credit to Todd Bowles. Credit to Tampa Bay because a lot of people didn't buy in this Tampa Bay team. I'm going to hold off a little bit because I didn't buy into Minnesota. I think I had them finishing last in the North or third. I don't know if they'll do that, uh, but that's reality. Um, so any games that I didn't really get to touch on today, we'll parlay that tomorrow. Tonight, we've got Buffalo and the Jets. Um, I'm very interested to see what this 2023 Buffalo Bills team looks like. They haven't been talked about a lot. Uh, the team they're playing tonight has stole their thunder in the offseason from the talks. The only thing we have talked about is what is this relationship really like between uh, Stefan Diggs and the uh, organization along with Josh Allen. We get a uh, look at this tonight. And also, I want to see how long are they going to be committed to the run? Because I do, uh, it should be, this should be a hard Jets team to run the ball on and i just want to see how long are they committed to running that and keeping consistent with the run how does this offense look for a full four quarters with aaron Rodgers? i expect an electric atmosphere tonight it's 9 11 i mean they gotta they gotta help out for their neighbors who put that crap on last night in giants i mean damn that was ridiculous Another couple NFL notes is what? What you got something to add, real quick? Yeah, just really quick on tonight. Uh, in the last twenty minutes, we've seen a PSA get sent out in New Jersey to where uh, they're calling for a shelter in place due to the weather and storms coming in and rolling through the area oh, right now. Now we man. do still have plenty of time till kickoff yet, but we're looking at wet conditions again for at least probably the first half. They're saying so it could be. I mean, this is now if it's now or never for the Bills to show if they're going to run the ball or not. <laughs> Because it can yeah. get disgusting out there, yeah. like we saw last night with the Cowboys and Giants. Yeah, just knowing you're sitting in front of your TV tonight with that Michelada and that Zing Zing, oh, and, yeah. you, and you see and you see Josh running around. I just want to see you on the couch and just picture. I'm like they're just staring at you, like they're like, hey. Thought you were gonna be committed to run, but what do you got? Now you had a pretty good weekend in the foundation oh, picks. Yeah. Uh, five and one this weekend, by my F math. Five and one, you are correct. Uh, if you look at tonight, then Bills favored by two. And so if you're looking at weather conditions coming in now, as we're here in the last minute of the show, do you think that that kind of changes anything in, into the Jets' favor with Dalvin and Brees Hall? Yeah, if you're looking from a betting standpoint, it was 5-1 and one on foundation, a hell of a lot better start than it was last week. Uh, Gino, I'll get to him tomorrow because there were some people in my proximity and somebody that's not here in the household that was trying to put him in the Hall of Fame last season. Not saying he's all the reason why they lost yesterday, but damn. Okay, he got paid too. But, uh, yeah, I would go ahead. That's the same line that it was for Cleveland. Underdogs, two at home. I'll take them points all day at home. I got the Jets coming out with a W and let the hype train continue until Tua shows up. Anyway, all right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down in the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you at the snooze button before you're out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See y'all tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York.
Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 